I'm going to be talking about fasting. Yay, fasting. Now, I was asked not to put too heavy a burden on y'all, so I'm going to suggest to you that um, you, let's say for this coming week, you give up coffee that has chicory in it. Has anybody ever drunk that? Okay, Mr. B has drunk it. I'm proud to say I have not. But I'm asking you to give that up for the next week. Now, is that, is that a pretty heavy burden to put on y'all? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. I'm going to begin by saying that the Bible has some mysteries in it. Are you aware of that? Does anybody here understand everything that's in the Bible? I can completely explain everything that's in the Bible. Okay, y'all see this? I'm gonna, this is a little demonstration here. See this? What was that? Gravity, okay. How does that work? Can somebody give me an example? How, explain how that works? Now, I know, I know there's this thing about this is a small mass and the earth is a large mass and large masses attract smaller masses to them. But what is the mechanism involved there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you'd like to give me the math explaining that later on, I'd, I'd like to see that. But I, I've never, I think I've seen it somewhere, but I, I still don't understand it. So that is to say that sometimes we are given instruction in Scripture, and sometimes we see things that I don't think we'll ever fully understand. And here's, a, here's one from Scripture. It was, this is a mystery. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we didn't deserve it in any way. So how can you explain it? God loves us. How he loves us to that extent, I do not know and will never be able to explain it. So tonight I'm going to be talking about fasting. And some of the issues related to fasting are kind of mysterious. I mean, why and how and all that sort of thing. But I'm going to talk about it first of all um, in this sense that we've talked about solitude, benefits of solitude. We all should have some solitude at some point in time. We need to get away from the world and have solitude. There's, okay, that seems easy enough. Praying. Don talked about praying. Now, that takes a little discipline, but you can find time, and you can get away, and you can pray, and you can make your petition to God, always remembering to thank Him for having that ability, but if you have a care, you have a need, you can bring it to God. So those things require some discipline, but you know, you have to think about it in the end. If you, if you do those things, you feel pretty good about it. Say, that wasn't too bad, and it worked out well. Now, when it comes to fasting, that requires a different kind of discipline. This is where we're talking about doing sit-ups, and we're doing bench presses, and I mean, I mean we're away from the walking on the treadmill and, um, you know, playing badminton, and we, we're getting away from that kind of exercise. We're talking about heavy, heavy stuff when we're talking about fasting. All right, I'm going to go back to my military career, and I'm going to make reference to that in saying that if, if I'm going to go into battle, and Mr. B is an ex-military man, 
And Mr. B, I give you the choice of having a bayonet, a automatic rifle, a grenade launcher, um, a sword. Which one of those would you like to take into battle? The bayonet? Wow, that tells me a lot about you. Uh, <laughs> how about if you took them all? Wouldn't that be great? Well, my military experience in Vietnam was at the first opportunity where I had to go out from the base where we were, and I was an officer, and I had the opportunity to make a selection from what we had there. I said, give me one of each. I rode in my Jeep with grenade launcher and automatic rifle and pistol and hand grenades. I took everything I could get. And the same should be true in, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Get all you can get. Okay, fasting, fasting's tough. I've already said that. But don't you need it? Don't you want it? All right, Anthony, if you would give me our first scripture. Okay, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're in a battle. If you never thought about it before, we are in a battle. Okay, I like the message version of this scripture. And there it is. And he says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. How long are y'all in, into this thing? Are we, are we into this battle against Satan and his forces for Sunday, Sunday when we come in here? Or maybe, maybe part of the next week? I pray that y'all are in it for the long run. This is for keeps a life or death struggle, a life or death fight, to the finish against the devil and all his angels. That's Paul's message to the Ephesians. He's saying, y'all better get ready. Okay. I'm going to give y'all some illustrations here in a minute. All right, give me the next slide, Anthony. This is what Jesus had to say to people who were fasting in his time. <clears throat> now, who was fasting? If you, if you went into the marketplace in Jerusalem or, or one of the villages around Jerusalem, could you find people who were fasting? Yep, you sure could. He, these were the people, the, the Pharisees and the hypocrites. How could you identify them? See? When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. <clears throat> in other words, what they're doing about making a show in front of everybody and everybody's saying, oh, look at that poor soul. Wow, 
Boy, he is a devout man. He, is, he, he must really love God. Look at him. Look at him. Why was the man doing that? Okay. I'm going to do a little illustration. Y'all don't, don't freak out. Okay. You see, you see the shirt that I'm wearing here? Okay. This, this is, uh, from now on, I want you to, when you see me wear this, this is my fasting shirt. I don't, I don't, I can't recall wearing this shirt many times here. But when you, I want you to know that when you see me wearing it now, it's my fasting shirt. I've been fasting today. And, uh, well, I just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Y'all don't, don't worry about me. It's, uh. But, it, but it's a pleasure to be here tonight and to talk to y'all. Um, <clears throat> hope I can keep my thoughts together because it's been a little tough today. Yeah. Did I mention I was fasting? Did I mention that? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm a humble man. I, I really am a humble man. And uh, I, don't, I don't mean to distract from what I'm saying by being this way, but I can't help it, you know, I mean, because I'm, I'm devoted to fasting and, and serving God, and, and I know that he loves me because of it, and, and I want y'all to do this too, but, you know, I'm the standard you need to live up to. I mean, I, honestly, I, I just feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm it. Okay. <clears throat> and if, you know, if y'all want to give me a donation later on, I'd appreciate it. But, um, so what's the deal with that? I mean, Jesus made a, made a big point out of that. Yeah, he made it a, a point. He pointed these guys out. Well, is there anything in Scripture that backs him up on that? Come to find out, there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit. What is the purpose of fasting? And here's a biggie. Here's a biggie that people talk about. It's kind of like you know, a big deal. Can I tell somebody if I'm fasting? If I'm fasting and then somebody comes up and says, well, you're going to go eat lunch with us today? And I say, uh, well, no, no. It's this fasting thing today. Does that take away the benefit of the fasting? Well, Jesus is saying, if you do it to make a show to be seen by people, that's all you're going to get. God will see that, and he will say, oh, I see why you're fasting. It's not, it's not to draw nearer to me. It's not for me to come closer to you. That's not part of it. You're doing it for show you're, so that people will think well of you. So it's a good idea if you fast to do it quietly if you slip up and let somebody know, well, just don't make any big deal of it. Just say they invite you to lunch. You say, uh, that's, that's not what I'm doing today. I'm, I'm, I'm about something else, so see you guys later. That's the best way to approach it. It's, there is no deadly sin in somehow or another revealing that you're fasting. The purpose is to draw away from the things that you love. And when I, I made the joke about the 
coffee with chicory. You know, that's do you, do you love coffee with chicory? I don't. I don't. Don't suspect that I do. Um, but it's a funny thing. I was I was lying in bed the other day. Joyce got up. Now I was thinking about my message. Joyce got up early, as she always does, and I was lying there in bed, and I was thinking about the message, and I said, well, okay, I've thought about this enough. I've got to get up and get my coffee. And then it struck me, <laughs> I really do love my coffee. I really do. So I would suggest to you that if you think of fasting and leaving something out, which is what fasting is, leaving something out, think about it and say, in the middle of my fast, how would I feel about that particular item? Now, there are, there are different kinds of fasts. There's a Daniel fast, which I participated in at another church, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, that's in the past, so I'm not, like, giving anything away. But a Daniel fast, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, is, is one particular kind. Um, okay, show me the next slide, Anthony. And this is what Jesus had to say. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, do the things that you wouldn't ordinarily do on a non-fast day so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret. Here we're talking about secret things again. will reward you. And now, the, the people that did fast, these hypocrites and Pharisees, it's a known fact that they would often go on the market day, typically a Thursday, a day when everybody came to town. You had to buy what you're going to buy for that week or maybe for a month. And all these people would come to town, and these guys would go and stand on the street corner and lean up, lean up against something and, and look terrible, you know. So that, that was their fasting. I, I, suspect their fasting didn't consist of much more than making an appearance. All right, next slide, Anthony. A young man came to Jesus, and he wanted to inherit the kingdom of God. And one of the first things he said, he, before Jesus asked him anything, he says, I do everything right. Look here, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Right up front, he's saying, well, I'm perfect. That's part of it. And I want you to know it, too. It's not a secret. I want you to know I'm perfect. So here is a disincentive to tell people. Okay, next slide, Anthony. This, this is an excerpt from uh, something I found, a commentary. The Jews had a day called the Day of Atonement, and Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, th this this is from this message about it. the Day of Atonement was traditionally a fast day in the Jewish religion, so it is called the fast in Acts twenty-seven nine. But God never specifically commanded the Jews not to eat on that day. Now, God made commandments, fasting being one of them, but he had other things in mind, too. 
fasting was not the only way to serve God. Fawcett's Bible Dictionary says, On the yearly day of atonement, the tenth day of the seventh month, Israelites were directed to afflict the soul, which is translated to many Jews as fast. The Hebrew word that the King James translates afflict in Leviticus 16, 29, and 31 means to humble, overpower as the body, subdue, oppress, or weaken, depending on the context. This significant term implies that the essence of scriptural fasting lies in self-humiliation and penitence and that the precise mode of subduing the flesh to the spirit and of expressing sorrow for sin is left to the conscious discretion of each person. Now, the Jews took commandments of God that said you are to afflict or humble your flesh, and they ended up translating that into fasting and fasting only. Now, there's other ways. Yeah. Although over time the Day of Atonement became a day of fasting, God never specifically said people were to go without eating. Instead, people were to deny themselves, which different people would do in different ways. And you've heard that about people saying, well, I'm going to fast from watching television, or I'm going to fast from playing video games, etc., etc." Well, I ascribe to that to, to a certain degree. Again, if this is something that you dearly love, and giving it up, and midway you say, boy, I really miss this. In my mind, you have fasted. But what, but what do you do in the midst of this fast? If you give up, if you fast video games, and then you go in and play pool with somebody, have you truly fasted? No, 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 no. The time that you would devote to that thing or the pleasure that you would have in that issue that's when you need to be in prayer. You need to spend time with God. It's not just simply giving up something. It's replacing that thing with drawing closer to God. I heard somebody say that it was Jensen Franklin is the one that said it. He said, when we fast, it's not so much that God comes closer to us, but we go closer to God. And I believe that. I believe that. When I talked about fasting being heavy lifting, I'm talking about the fact that during Bible study, being in solitude, you can do that. Not, not a great deal of effort. And, and as I say, you end up feeling good about it when you're through. You know, when, you, when your belly's growling and, and telling you all the time, boy, you, you really need something to eat. You know, you missed a meal, you missed two meals, and you're not used to that. And you, I just don't feel right about this. There's something to be said for that. You have really got to be focused and you have really got to be serious about what you're doing to, to withstand that onslaught that's coming from that. And I, I think that that's one of the, the, the big benefits of fasting, that it's, there again, it's the heavy lifting. It's like my body is being tormented, but I'm going to go on. I'm going to seek God. This is the time, and I'm going to devote myself to God 
during this time. When I, I would be in, enjoying a meal, I'd be thinking about the next meal, and we'd do that. I mean, we sit in church and we're thinking about the next meal. What I'm going to eat after we leave here. We do that. Y'all stick with me on this. Okay. Okay. So let's look at some examples from Scripture. Moses was, we're going way back now. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And what happened? And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And Moses saw God and received the Ten Commandments. Wow. <laughs> he was rewarded for his fasting. So a precedent was set, set if, if not further back, here, here with Moses, that here's a man, a man of God that, that God chose to lead all of his people out of Egypt. And this is a result. As before he wanted, before he could see God, he fasted. Okay, next one. And now this is from Esther. Esther had something heavy to do. She was a little girl, beautiful girl apparently. The king found favor with her, but she was a Jew. And it was determined that she and all of her, all of her people were to be slaughtered. So what did she do? She said, go gather together all the Jews who were in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king. Now, she could not appear before the king without him bidding her to come in. For her to go in unbidden was death. She could have been executed, <clears throat> even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, what did fasting do in this case? It gave her a boldness. She said, I've got to go before the king. I've got, to, I've got to have something to back me up. If all of you people are one mind and one accord and willing to fast and willing to set your mind on this purpose and you'll back me up, I'll go in there and I'll do whatever I need to do to convince the king. If I die, I die. And what happened? She did not die. Of all things, the king raised his scepter and said, come on in. I've got to hear what you've got to say. All right? And this is Jesus himself. For 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. I bet he was. And what was his attitude when the devil came against him? He rebuked him. He, gave him, he quoted scripture. He said, get out of here. You know, if I haven't eaten in 40 days, I'm going to be a little testy. And I'm, the devil comes after me. I'll probably have a thing or two to say to him too. So we've got, we've got precedent. Now, again, how does all this work? I don't know. All I know is these are examples. These are what people did. You know, I could analyze it and question it and think about it. How many more examples did I, do I need? And it says here, the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. You know, he didn't beat around the bush. Well, let me think about that. Nope, this is the way it is. All right, let's go on. 
And I like this one. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? They say, now, Jesus, you look out at all these good Jewish guys out here. They're following John, and when John fasts, they fast. I mean, they believe in fasting, but you got your guys with you, and they don't fast. And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. That tells me Jesus is saying, if you got me with you, you don't have to fast. But when I feel like, when you feel like I'm away from you, then you'll fast. That's what that tells me. That's what that tells me. All right, let's go on. King David had this affair Bathsheba, and uh, she became pregnant. And then he uh, conspired to have her husband killed in battle so that it could be said that this child was Uriah, was the husband's name, that it was Uriah's baby. Uriah couldn't say anything about it because he's dead. Well, anyhow, it was a whole terrible scheme. And David was confronted by the prophet Nathan about this, about his sin. And what happened? The baby became ill after it was born. David began to pray and fast o over the life of that child. He was, I mean, I, I, I don't, he was a man after God's own heart, but he also was a man who was mindful and cared about people, including this child. So when this child became ill, he pled with God. He said, David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground, which was a sign of penitence and, you know, remorse over things that you, you took the worst kind of cloth you could think of. You wrap yourself in sackcloth or lie on it. Or... Anyhow, he fasted and he prayed and he wept and he could not be consoled. Nobody could speak to him. And it says the... Um, the elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. He was fasting. All right. Is that the end of it? No. Yeah, that's the end of that. I've, it's my job to explain the rest of it. So what happened? He fasted. He prayed. He's a man after God's own heart, but the child died. Wow. Well, it had been said God recognized his sin, it was a terrible sin. A man died. This woman who you know, he had this affair with bore his child. The sin was recognized. You know the people of the whole country knew about it finally. It was a sin that God just could not let go. So the lesson had to be born that this is not right. Now God went on to bless that same couple with a son, Solomon, who became king said to be the wisest man that ever lived. But here was a case where fasting didn't work. David still, what, what was his attitude, though? 
He fasted. He believed God for this child's healing. The child died. And then what happened? David got up, washed his face, put on clean clothes, went out, sat down, had a meal. And his people looked at him and said, how can you do this? You, you pleaded for this child's life, and God didn't give him to you. And now you're doing this. He said, I got God's message. He said, now it's my job to make sure I can't bring the child to me, but it's my job now to lead such a life that I go to where that child is. Okay. So in that sense, the fasting did work, that David had a change of heart. David had a recommitment to the things that were right. He certainly had a recommitment to living the proper life. So what appears to be a failure really wasn't in the end. All right. Let's see where I am. Okay. Shouted aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to, to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. This is God himself speaking to Isaiah, and he's going to talk about their attitude, about fasting, and in general, their attitude and what had been wrong with it. He said, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of, of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? See, they're saying now, we fasted and make a big deal out of it, and God doesn't seem to be looking at us. Maybe it's because you're making a big deal out of it in public. Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. God is saying, yeah, y'all say, today I'm fasting. You're wearing your fasting shirt. And yet you get up, you get up from where you're fasting and you go out and there are your workers out there in the field working while you're playing at fasting. And you go out there and you, you guys are not doing right. I'm not feeding your meal you're due tonight because you didn't do enough work today. While they're playing at fasting and trying to reach God, they're sinning. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do and expect your voice to be heard on high. Wow, there's a wrong way to fast. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? Do good to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? So when I fast and skip a meal, what if I take that food and share it with somebody? Take that food and provide some help to somebody. That's a good way to fast, to make a determination that, 
okay, I'm going to skip lunch every day, and I'm going to take that money, that money that I would have spent on that meal, I'm going to use it for good. Provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them. Can you all hear me about the rain? And not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise into darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Boy, he goes on. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, now he's over onto the Sabbath and how we should behave on the Sabbath. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So when Jesus took on the scribes and the Pharisees and he said, y'all are doing this fasting thing wrong. Go about, don't let anybody know that you're fasting. Look good, look like you do any other day. Do it in secret. But he's told about the benefits. God has told about the benefits hundreds of years before that. Jesus very often repeated scripture. Jesus very often repeated things that were in the Old Testament. And we need to be aware of that. So I've already said that we believe that fasting will bring you closer to God. I have to admit, I don't fast a lot. Can I just be perfectly honest and say that? I just don't think about it. I just don't think about it. It's, we, we develop routines. We get into, well, you know, it's time to eat lunch, and well, what am I going to eat? I'm more concerned about what I eat rather than do I eat. I really do. So recently, and I did not tell my lovely wife this, re recently I have done some fasting. Now, what I did was I skipped lunch, okay, which I dearly love. But, but I would, you know, if I had duties away from the house, I would just go and I would not eat lunch. And I'll tell you one thing it does. When you do get to eat, you really, really, really enjoy it. So... <laughs> So there are benefits, benefits besides, besides drawing near to God. And I, and, and I, know, I know that's funny, and I, I made a little joke out of it. But I think we do need to do that sometimes. We, we are so blessed, and we're so fat, and we're so sassy about having everything we need, not having any cares, 
that amount to anything. You know, here we are in, in a nice building. Yeah, you hear the rain. Boy, isn't that terrible? You hear the rain on the roof. But it's not coming in on us, and we're nice and warm. One of the real benefits to me I found when I fast is, is that I am much more appreciative of that food when I have it, when I've done that. And it, and it causes me to want to thank God even more that I, that I have that meal. So if it brought me no closer to God, there, I, would, I would still cherish it from that standpoint that it helps me, helps to remind me of what I do have most of the time. All right, I think we're about through, except that I'm going to talk about Daniel a little bit. Okay, this is, again, this is another example. In the third day of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. Again, we believe this is a Daniel fast. He ate vegetables only, drank water. No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Daniel was the only one who saw this vision. Those who were with him did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands on, and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. And stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom, that is Satan, resisted me 21 days, three weeks. Then Michael, who's an archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision, for vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel, a good man, fasted and prayed, and he kept it up for 21 days. No sign of help coming. The cavalry was not anywhere nearby. You couldn't hear the trumpet call. Nothing. And then an angel shows up and says, an archangel is somewhere fighting your battle for you, holding off Satan till I could come give you this message. So... Does, 
fasting have power? <laughs> Does it ever? Does it ever? So I would encourage each of you to fast. Um, and again, there, there are some people that have medical issues and cannot fast without the advice and counsel of, of a doctor. But let me straight state this again, that fasting is heavy lifting. Fasting is getting down to the real nitty-gritty. I'm not fooling around. I'm, I'm determined I'm going to serve God. I get off to myself. I pray. I do all these other things. But now I'm going to get really serious, and I'm going to fast. How exactly that works, I do not know. But I have so many fine examples of what it did for these people. If I don't feel like that I have enough of Christ with me, if I fast, I promise you he'll draw nearer to you, and you will draw nearer to him. So I would encourage you. I would encourage you all today. And I, again, I know this is not a, a yippee kind of a, a message today, but I, I, pray that it, I pray that it means something to you. And I, I quite honestly did not know there were that many references to fasting in, in Scripture, nor that word in Isaiah for what God said about the quality of the fast. That, that, that means a lot to me. Well, let, let me pray for us. Pray that, pray that we will be able to fast, that we will be able to do what pleases God. Dear Lord, I, pr I pray this evening that uh, you, will, you will keep us safe from, from flooding. I know that we hear the rain. I know that sometimes we are, we are uh, subject to outside influences. But I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give us strength to fast. I pray that you would... At the very least, you would give us the inspiration to pray about it, to carefully consider it. I pray that we would be serious. I pray that we would come to the point where we would realize that we, we need to be serious about our walk with you and that anything that influences and, and encourages and strengthens that walk is a great thing. Again, I don't completely understand everything about fasting, but I do I do understand that your word is a book of promises, that the Bible in itself is a plan for the redemption of man, and that we should use it as a guide, a daily guide. So I pray for your inspiration in our lives, Lord, that we would take up fasting, that we would encourage each other in that, that while we do it, it should not be a public thing, but that we should encourage each, each other to do it as we can. So I pray for this, and I pray for this congregation with that word, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.